This is Darrell Lalia, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast, episode 204. Are you ready to be the master architect of your life? Are you ready to design your business and invest in needs that create the lifestyle you've always dreamt of? Are you ready to learn from entrepreneurs and millionaires who have achieved a certain level of success? Hey, this is Derek, location-independent entrepreneur, and you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hi, I'm Gina Lofton. I am an investor, and you're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey there, my name is Heather Havenwood, marketing coach and global entrepreneur. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Hey, this is Mark Asquith, the host of the 7 Minute Mentor podcast, global entrepreneur and all-round geek. And you are listening to the Before the Millions podcast. I am MC Lobsher, the Cashflow Ninja, and you're listening to Before the Millions podcast. You're listening to the Before the Millions podcast. Whether you're looking to invest for cash flow or build an online business that allows you to be location independent, you've come to the right place mr hollywood himself presents the before the millions podcast and now your host deray olalaye what is going on good people welcome back to a brand spanking new installment of the before the millions podcast hope you're having an amazing day it's a brand new day it's a brand new week and again happy 2022 January is a great time for planning, goal setting, resetting, and getting locked in, getting focused, starting a new trend, new habits, refreshing, getting rid of old habits, right? I'm currently in the middle of creating my first ever vision board, and I'm kind of excited about it. You know, I think that vision boards are super powerful. And I take that back. I think I've created vision boards in the past, lots of vision boards, but not in the traditional way, right? Not cutting out magazine pictures and gluing and painting and drawing and matching up my goals with whatever pictures I can find and things of that nature. I haven't done that, which is what I'm doing this year. Only time will tell, but I think that this is the most powerful way to create a vision board, a vision board that you wake up to, that you see every single day, that you meditate on every single day. So um, that's yet to be determined as far as the effectiveness, but I am super excited and I'll have my vision board hopefully finished here in the next day or two. Then I'll get it laminated and I will put it in a place where I can literally gaze upon it day after day after day. So that I can constantly reinforce the goals and the beliefs that I have that are going to take place here this year. Hopefully you're doing the same. If not, maybe you have a journal. Maybe you have an accountability partner or mastermind group. Whatever it is, you cannot do this alone. Right. What got you here won't get you there. I used to hear that quote. and I used to think like, what? How does that make any sense? But more and more, I'm starting to understand that. Right. The thinking that got you here won't get you to the next stage or phase in your life. If it would, you would already be doing those things. Right. So I want to be open and receptive to new ideas, new friendships, new relationships, new books, new podcasts, new mentors, new courses. With that being said, on today's episode, we are interviewing Mr. Chad Keller. Chad is a real estate investor slash Facebook ads expert and chad is going to tell you all about his story once he comes on the show but chad found a way to use facebook ads to find and cultivate motivated sellers for himself and his team to take down deals but also they have way more leads than they know what to do with so they started so i believe they started either selling or giving away these leads to other investors and he'll talk about this on the show I've never personally used Facebook ads for my real estate business, but talking to lots of investors who have, they say it's a pretty hard code to crack. Most people lose a lot of money, waste a lot of money, never end up figuring it out, and and, and then end up ultimately switching to another marketing vehicle, right? And they always say, hey, learn from others' mistakes. So Facebook ads was something that I never, ever, ever got into. I talk about that on today's show, and I ask Mr. Keller, like, 
lots of real estate investors are kind of opposed to the idea of Facebook ads because there's not a great return on ad spend. Tell me how you've been able to figure this out and what you're doing to help other investors use Facebook ads to get more and more deals done. So he breaks down his entire process and he shows us exactly what he does. Something that um, I think that we can move forward and use for all the investors out there to bring more deals to their business. So we'll learn about how to target these motivated sellers, which is the key to any real estate business. I believe finding motivated sellers and connecting with them. I say it all the time. We'll learn what the Facebook ad special category is for real estate, because you have to operate your Facebook ads a little bit different if you're in the real estate industry. We'll talk about why as well. We'll talk about the ad, the copy and the targeting for the highest performing ads. So if you don't know, there are three main components of an ad, right? The actual picture or video that you're showing, the copy, which is the text above or below the video, and then the targeting, which is the people who are actually seeing the ad. So most Facebook ad experts are tweaking and playing with one of these three things to create better and better returns. Okay, we'll talk about how to track and measure those conversions. And then we'll talk about, last but not least, my favorite, using creative financing and Facebook ads. DeRay's Tip of the Week. We're talking about creative financing. We're talking about Facebook ads. But what we're really talking about is finding motivated sellers. Right? The key to any real estate business is to find motivated sellers. Let me take that back. The key to any profitable real estate business is to find motivated sellers because there was a time in my life where I had no idea that we were looking for motivated sellers. I was going on the MLS and I was making offers to any and every property that came on the MLS until we're a million other people. Until one day I realized through this podcast that I needed to find what's called motivated sellers. And years later, I have a whole course called the motivated seller method, but that's not what I'm here to talk about today. Again, the key to any business is to find motivated sellers. So I've been teaching um, a lot on this lately. I've had a lot of free trainings and I definitely want to invite you to my next free training. If you missed the last one, then you missed out on a whole lot about the difference between on market and off market deals. You missed out on the three different buckets we put investors in, right? The do-it-yourself investors, and we created a budget and a plan for those investors so they could spend less than $100 a month on their real estate business. Or the higher-end investors, the, the investors who want to spend $500 or less a month and have maybe a virtual assistant. Or the source-out investors or even hiring an external company or using some services like I use, like PropStream, Right. So in terms of finding motivated motivated sellers, we talked about on and off market deals. We talked about different budget ranges, depending on what you got going on, how much time you have and how much money you have. And then we talked about the types of motivated sellers to find. Right. The types that are really, really converting, whether you're a wholesaler, fixer and flipper, rental property owner, you buy deals using creative financing like myself. We talked about some of the highest converting lists. And the list is simply a category of motivated sellers, right? There are all types of motivated sellers from divorcees to absentee owners. You know, you got free and clear properties. You got pre foreclosures, right? For sale by owners. There's so many. But what we do in a software like PropStream, which is what I use, we start to filter and play with the data so that we can create a story for a motivated seller. Right. And that way, when we get on the phone with that seller, we already know their situation. We already know what's going on and we already have a solution. So motivated sellers, again, are key to any real estate business. And on my last free training, that was all we talked about. We got an upcoming free training actually today. This free training is all about building out the system to house these leads in a respectable manner. Because most investors do not follow up in the correct way with these motivated sellers, right? You paid all this money to get your list, to scrub your list, to skip trace and all that stuff. And then you maybe hit your list one time and expect to get a deal or two deals, right? It doesn't work that way, right? Follow up is so key. And when you can have a system that follows up automatically without you having to do anything, 
then you're not one you losing wasted time, but you're not also throwing away leads that you forgot to follow up with six months ago. So what we're doing on today's free training is I'm showing you exactly how to build out a system that allows everything to be automated. The system I use, and I'm just giving away everything on this tip of the week, but the system I use is FreedomSoft. So we'll work a little bit in FreedomSoft on the free training, but we'll also work in some free systems like Podio to show you how you can kind of set all these things up. So that's today's training. And if you're interested in these free trainings that I'm hosting, head over to beforethemans.com forward slash train, T-R-A-I-N. We got a training coming up on Thursday which is all about no and low money down real estate strategy. So I often talk about how I use creative financing to buy my deals. Well, that's another way of saying no and low money down strategies where I don't have to come out of pocket to purchase real estate. And this is the biggest thing that holds people back. I don't have the money to get started in real estate. Well, again, what if you're a do-it-yourself investor who's spending less than $100 a month running your business and then you're not even using any money to close your deals? Would that be an excuse anymore? No, it wouldn't. So make sure that you attend my free trainings over at beforethemillions.com forward slash train. That's T-R-A-I-N, beforethemillions.com forward slash train. And now your feature presentation. So I actually fell into it pretty heavily. I was always going to meetups, even like paying for these angel investment uh, meetings and every luncheons. They were like $150 lunches at the time, which were a lot of money to me. Just meeting people, always meeting people, going to these startup events, and then learned about selling on Amazon, how you can take pretty much any product from China and then list it on Amazon and try to make a margin on it. And then there was a guy in town by the name of Phil that was big into digital marketing and randomly sat next to him at one of these luncheons, these startup events. Give me a year really quick, Chad. This was about eight years ago. So 2014? Yeah, 2014, around there. Sat down next to Phil at this random startup event and we were just chatting and I didn't know who this guy was. And then here, like, they were like, our next speaker is coming up on stage. And it was Phil who was sitting next to me. I'm like, okay, well, this guy's really legit. This is awesome. We should chat more. And me and him hit it off. I was showing him what I was doing. And he was like, well, you should differentiate it a little bit. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, let's figure out a way to differentiate this product. Take the same products from China, differentiate them a little bit, and then list them on Amazon. So we created a company called Wooden shopwooden.com uh, where you laser cut veneer that you put on kitchen cabinets and we put it on regular like bottle openers, phone cases, all of that, put it on Amazon and it started hitting. It was just like, you could basically mark it up just a little bit more than that same product when it looked metal or just basic and plastic and just put this nice wood veneer on it and take it to a whole new level. And then we created the brand off of it. And then we shot a video in the back of our office, just pitching the product. And we put it on Facebook and I started playing around with Facebook ads and here um, started seeing them like, okay, we're getting a three to one return on our money. We're getting a four to one return, five, six, seven, had it like a 10 to one return pushing. Like, I think we were at 10, $20,000 a day in sales. And awesome. we were only, only investing at that time, like two, $3,000 a day. So I'm like, okay, this is an animal in itself. Like this Facebook, this marketing, everything. Like this is something I've never seen before, but you can generate a lot of money from it. And not knowing a lot about inventory, China, importing products, all this, the business basically overwhelmed me at a point. And even Phil at the point, like we were trying to, we ordered all these phone cases from China. And this is, this is before FBA. Yeah. This is before all that. Ordered all these phone cases from China and everything. And then they failed and then they want to take them back. So we're stuck with all this inventory and we're like, what are we the best at? And here it was marketing. Like we can just crush everything from a marketing standpoint. Cause then we started telling other people locally about this and testing out some of their products and getting all of them to hit. And we didn't want to have to deal with the back end. So I actually found a buyer for the company and they came in, didn't make much money off of it. It was a telecommunications company that just like cell phone cases was big for us that wanted to come in and buy it. And, and they bought it and they ran with it and they still run it, but it's more of a corporate wholesale business now is where they took it, but took that experience and then took it into marketing. Cause I had a lot of people that started contacting me for Facebook asking about like, Hey, how can we do ads? How can we do it this way? Can you try this out for my product. And was just hitting product after product after product. And the more and more that I learned is a lot of psychology that goes into it as well. And I've always been a big believer of books. I, I read a ton of books and especially like how the brain works and like selling, even if you read books on selling, like you're basically selling a product digitally. It's the same thing. So if you can introduce this product to somebody, get them like asking more questions about it. 
and then retarget them and educate them more on the product and then push for that close. It's kind of the same thing as a selling product, but digitally. So I started doing this and then just created a huge agency off of it. And then from the agency standpoint, got into affiliate marketing where you gamble your own money and get returns on that money. So uh, fortune 500 companies that pay you for leads where it's like, Hey, I'll give you $25 a lead. You go gamble your own money. And I might get that lead for $20 and they'll give me $25 back. So I was gambling on myself. One and all that agency life can be very, um, it's just stressful. You're you're performing, you're driving sales for so many clients at that point uh, that I met a buddy in Pittsburgh, Brian, who uh, I used to outsource part of my SEO because there's like Facebook, there's SEO, there's Google. We used to outsource SEO and he was doing a ton of real estate investing. And I I was just like trying to understand. He's like rich dad, poor dad to the T. Exactly lives the method, has all these properties. I'm like, okay, I need to figure out what he's doing. And here we just came together and we jived and he started showing me everything that he was doing. Uh, and then we combined forces, came together. And now we own about 20, 25 properties together. That's awesome. So all just kind of like went from one thing to another and ended up in real estate. Uh, and now I'm back into marketing again for real estate investors, but it's all tied together. Absolutely. I guess when you and him became partners, your value add was to be able to provide leads. Yeah. So he was always grabbing them from Facebook groups. He does SEO, things like that. And then I was like, Hey, let's build a lander. Let's do some Facebook ads and let's see what we can do. And here off of like, we did like a $1,500 ad spend and we were getting leads for 50 bucks a piece. You guys are targeting motivated sellers to wholesale deals. Exactly. So what we do is we look for three bedroom, two bathroom in one zip code within our city. That's between mine and his house. That way we can meet the contractors and save time and not have to go outside of our areas and still run our businesses day to day. But the extra leads we give to wholesalers and those wholesalers take those leads and then give us a portion of the profit from those. So like somebody might go wholesale property for $12,000 and we get half of that $6,000 for just handing them a lead. Right. And what qualifies as a lead? Like how do you, how do they qualify the leads or how do you guys qualify in the leads before you send them over and say, these are leads? Yeah, they're hundred percent. So what we do is we send them through landing pages. These landers ask some questions like name, email, address, why are you looking to sell? How quickly are you looking to sell? How much money do you owe in your home? All of those. So, so we know also if they're listed on the MLS or not, we always want houses that aren't listed on MLS. And then when they come in, we call them, we call them immediately. And we set up that appointment and we go and we negotiate and see what makes sense for both sides and make a cash offer in those homes. I love it. When you first got into this niche, I mean, your experience was in marketing digital products. And I mean, I think you started with physical products. Your first company was shop, shop.wooden or something of that nature. So I feel that's a, definitely a physical product when you made a variation of something, but then you got into the digital space. What made you think that, how did you take your skills and apply that to real estate? Because again, I hear often, and you've probably heard it often before, and maybe even still to this day that you can't really run ads for, for real estate. You can't, or to find motivated leads. You can't, you know, most realtors, most investors, they don't do, you know, when they market, they market themselves. They do guerrilla marketing. They do, you know, yellow letters. They do, you know, postcards, text messages, all that stuff. You don't run ads. It doesn't work in real estate. What do you have to say then? how did you kind of figure out your footing? So when you're running a lot of ads for a lot of different clients and products, like you're always going to come by a product, whether it's like lingerie, whatever it may be, a client that comes to you and ask, can you sell this product? And and you always try to push it out on Facebook and find creative ways where you insinuate what it is, but it's actually not what it's not what it is. Even like the CBD industry is huge on Facebook. So you're finding out ways to talk about the pain points and the pain relief and everything CBD does for you, sending them to pre-sale pages. So had a lot of experience doing that. And then lead gen for these large fortune 500 companies. So you take that experience with the lead gen experience And then you take it to the real estate niche and and you can always market real estate, um, especially now because you can opt in, you can opt, you have to do a two-factor authentication with your profile and you can opt in to get into special ad categories. So you get into the special housing category of Facebook. It eliminates some of your targeting options. You can't target based on demographic. You can't go down the zip code. You can only do city or county targeting, uh, which is fine if you position the ads the right way. But a lot of people run into these issues so they don't realize you can do this. You can opt into this housing program and and then speak in those ads directly to who you want to get. It's very creative focused at that point versus targeting focused. So you just got to be smart with your creatives. Right. So let's kind of open that up for the listeners who may have no idea what you're talking about. So 
first off the special ad category so naturally now i think i don't know when this happened but you know we basically can't filter the same way you'd be able to filter for you know somebody who's looking for a dog groomer right because of you used to be able to filter by income and employment and all this other things you can't do that for real estate why is that just because of all the data regulations and everything going on with apple and the data sharing and facebook has to be stripped on that now but right. facebook has like the redeveloped their platform where two years ago, three years ago, it was amazing to be able to hyper-target this mm -hmm. and that. Now, like you used to be able to scrape lists, upload lists and, and, and drive crazy, crazy returns. Now it's kind of let Facebook's AI do its thing, leave it more open, focus on that creative, focus on that video, focus on that image to speak directly to your consumer. And then Facebook will find that and get the right clicks. And as it gets more of the right clicks, it's going to learn, okay, this is who they want clicking because the, only the people clicking are the people that the ad resonates with. Right. So right. as it gets those clicks, as it gets those leads, it starts to learn more and more and then zones in. Absolutely. And then, so now with the special ad category, there are certain ways in which you have to submit, you know, like you said, it either has to be like a two-step authentication, or I think there's some other ways that you can maybe submit some extra information, maybe your social or something like that. I guess you get privileges, you get additional privileges. Is that kind of how I should look at it? Yeah, I guess you could say it that way, but you get the, the privileges to run ads on politics, on housing and right. employment. So to get into those categories, you do have to submit IDs sometimes Absolutely. like social security cards, uh, things like that. Okay. And once you do that, is it kind of back to what it was like in 2017, <laughs> but it's better than what you're working with without doing it? Yeah. You don't have to worry about your ad accounts getting disabled or shut down at that point. It's kind of like, Hey, this ad might get disapproved, but they tell you why it was disapproved. You said cash or you asked them about their mortgage directly in the ad, like just right. rework that, restructure that a little bit. Yeah. You have a little bit more guidelines and a little bit more lenience with that. Okay. And then you mentioned creatives and what, what you mean by creatives is that you don't just focus on the actual, Hey, this is my targeting. There are other things to focus on such as, all right, this is an image versus a video. This is my copy. It's a short form versus long form. That's what you mean by creative, actually what people are seeing when they see the ad, correct? Correct. hundred percent. So okay. yeah, the video that they're showing, the image that you're portraying also like your landing page experience. You can't right. show them one thing in the creative and then another thing on the landing page. Facebook will pick up on that. So there has to be that cohesive feel between your brand, your creative, and your landing page, your website. Absolutely. So for investors who are looking to venture out and to start using you know, Facebook ads in particular to start generating real estate leads, is there some type of structure, formula, something that we can kind of like a five-step process, something that we can kind of give our listeners something to kind of tangibly go do? And obviously if they're like, hey, like I'd rather just hire somebody, I'd rather just employ a service to do this for me, we're, gonna, we're obviously going to give them that. But the people who are just like, hey, like I kind of have a little bit of experience. I just want to know the nuts and bolts. How do I go from just marketing the way I've been marketing to not marketing on Facebook without, you know, going crazy, losing my head, throwing away money. Obviously the first few weeks or even a few months, you're doing a lot of testing, but what's the best way to kind of go about the process? So you still like, no matter what, like this is like Facebook ads, it used to be much easier to get into because you used to be able to hit boost post or do an awareness ad or whatever it may be and get traction from there. But nowadays you do kind of have to have that little bit of technical training or some type of course out there that you have to know how to install the proper code, the pixels, the proper objectives when you're building a campaign. So this isn't like something where you used to be able to just jump into. If you right. know what you're doing from like an objective standpoint, from a pixel standpoint, from a tracking standpoint, then yeah, you can jump into this and you can go and focus heavily on creatives, go to Facebook's business help center and they, they show you around like the best sizes for creatives, all that follow some of their guidelines, copy some of the top ads you see out there and try that. But if you aren't tech savvy and you've never done any type of ad buying, it's not built for that nowadays. Absolutely. So let's say, you know, you hire somebody through Upwork to install your pixel and, you know, a lot of the technical things you get somebody else to do for you. And you just, again, you focused on running your business, you're focused on doing your deals, but you want this, you want to see if this can possibly be an additional revenue stream by you promoting on Facebook and seeing if you can get leads from there. All right. So we have kind of the technical aspect of things set up and we even have somebody in place, maybe that we can kind of assign tasks to as an investor, just from, again, from a high level overview, what do I need to be thinking about? Right. So I want to create an ad. All right. So let's just say what business again, are you, you and your partner and you guys are mostly wholesaling and buy and hold. Yeah. We buy and hold. And then we give our extra leads off to wholesalers. 
ton of wholesalers that are like in the same position you're talking about that, that don't know how to run ads, but they know what wholesaling real estate is and they've done one or two deals. And they're like, Hey, I just need to get more deals across the table. And like, you might have to come out of pocket a thousand to $2,000 to do it, but you're going to get 20, 30 leads in a month that you should be able to close. And if you close one, an average wholesale deal, I believe like if you take it across the U S right now is $19,000 is where it's at. So you close one of those deals, you have enough to reinvest and get more leads in. And so it's a lot about like taking that shot and that opportunity and finding the right people. Like you said, Upwork, like you can, you can go on Upwork and hire some people, but you can't be afraid to spend the money initially. And that's the biggest thing. And a lot of people that come to us, wholesalers, investors, they're like, oh, I hired this guy up Upwork. He was 20 bucks an hour and he messed everything up about my ad account band. It's like, no, you got to put them like the best guys on there are 65, $100, $150 an hour. They're going to do it the right way. And that investment's going to pay itself back for you. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's words to the wise. I, I absolutely love that statement. So again, Chad, you think about the what, how you initially got started, right? You think about how you helped your business partner. You were the ad creative. You did all those things, right? And you started maybe with video ads or picture ads, and then you started messing around with different copy. And again, so you create the ad. The ad takes them to a landing page. Landing page is talking to their motivation, right? Whether they're, you know, distressed property owners, they're going in a foreclosure, bankruptcy, whatever it is, you're speaking to their motivation and you're offering some type of solution with an opt-in form, correct? Correct. Yeah. yeah. And do, uh, just like any website that you go to when you want to contact that company. And then we just do like a 12 step form versus just name. Like I'm, when I'm saying step, I mean like how many fields they have to fill in. So we do like 12 fields they have to fill in and that's what we qualify as a motivated seller. And they're usually people in like drastic situations that have to make a deal. And I hate to say it, but like, that's, that's what investors are looking for. That's what wholesalers are looking for. People that are just trying to get rid of a property because they're behind on their mortgage or like you get a lot of hoarders that can't clean out their house or don't want to get their house cleaned out. So they can't list it, things like that. But yeah, that is what we take them through. From a universal aspect, I know it's very, it's probably varies market to market, but what should a investor be looking at as far as cost per lead? So national average, we work with about 95 investors now. National average, we see about $75 a lead. In some markets, uh, you got to understand your market though. And if you live there for a while, you should know it. For like LA, like you know the competition, it's tech heavy. There's a lot of startups, even like San Fran, things like that. You're going to pay $150, $200 a lead. Here in Pittsburgh, we pay about $60. I mean, it's not as tech heavy, not as competitive. You're down in, you said Texas, throughout Texas. I mean, Dallas can come in at 125 a lead. Houston can come in at $60 a lead. Um, so it, it's across the board. And sometimes there's a more motivated sellers on the platform this week than there were next last week. So you might get three last week, two this week, one next week, five the next week. It's just sporadic, but you can't be afraid. You got to give these, you got to give it time. Whatever you do, you always got to give it time. You can't, can't bounce out early. What are your tips in, in terms of creating an audience and audience size and who you're targeting as far as in that audience? Again, as much as you want to share, of course. The audience itself is not super important because when you're in that housing category, there's not much you can do. The interests that you can find are always good. If you can find people that are refinancing or remortgaging uh, their homes, interested in, in like bankruptcy, things like that, you can find some of those audiences. Or even, I hate to say it, but like we have clients in, in uh, Vegas that if you target around gambling, a lot of these guys that are gambling, like are just trying like behind on their debts, trying to get rid of their homes. And you come in and you're actually like, yeah, you're targeting them when they're in a dire situation, but you're actually helping them out because you're helping them get out of their property and pay off some of those debts and things like that. So you just got to think around that. And that's the same way you speak in your ads around like, hey, what do you know about this market? You're not going to put gambling, you're not going to target gamblers in Pittsburgh. You're not going to target gamblers in, in Texas, but you're going to target that in Vegas. Right. Makes a lot of sense. Homeowners, things like that. Absolutely. Okay. Chad, this is a, a wealth of information. I'm learning so much and I have so many notes written down. I'm just thinking, okay, so let's just say I average $75 a lead. Again, I want to go from a numbers aspect. When you think about you and your partner in his business, you have to start again, you guys are obviously doing this tracking how many leads you're actually closing, right? I mean, it's, it doesn't do you any good if you're closing one out of every 10 leads. It does you a whole lot of good if you're closing eight out of every 10 leads. When you think about the average that you guys are closing or in general that you've seen with the investors you guys are working with, what's that average? 
It's about 10 to 12%, man. I mean, one out of 10 leads is fine for us. I'll pay $750 to get $70,000 in equity in a property all day. That's exactly what I want to touch on. So one out of one out. So 10 to 12% is one out of every 10 leads, let's just say. And again, average wholesale fee, anywhere $10,000, $20,000, you're paying, like you said, 750 to 10X that money to 20X that money. Right. So it makes sense. But again, for people who don't understand the math behind it, they're just like, well, I'm spending, you know, $30 a day on Facebook. I don't, I don't know. This is not this is this. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know, so you got you kind of have to show like, hey, this is the process this is what you're going through. It's an, for me, Chad, everything is numbers based. Everything is there's a formula for everything. Right. Uh, when we get on the phone with sellers, we're, we're negotiating. I know, you know, one out of X is going to close. Right. I'm not worried about, hey, is this particular deal going to close? I just know that based on the numbers, based on the past, based on what we've done, this is probably what's going to happen. So I'm not worried about any particular deal per se, but I'm worried about making sure that we meet our numbers, because if we do meet our numbers, then X, Y and Z is going to happen. Does that make sense? Exactly, man. A hundred percent. And then you also got to understand that sometimes these deals take 30, 60, 90 days to close. So as long as you have them in the pipeline, you want to met them, they're on, they're on the fence. We had a deal um, from September, a wholesale deal from September close in January. It was like a $37,000 wholesale deal that just like we put them in a nurture system where like every, every month we just made sure we followed up with them and touched base and was like, Hey, what's going on? Came and checked out your house. Just wanted to make sure, uh, see if you were still interested in selling. And here they ended up closing in January. So as long as you see those leads coming in in your pipeline, you can't be scared and just know that like, hey, it's going to build. It's going to build that inventory of motivated sellers that you have. And, and someone will give at a point. Right. And the first 10 might not, you might not get a deal with the first 10. You might not get a deal with the first 20, but you can have a feel for those leads. I mean, if you, it's just taking those shots. Yeah. It's, it's two or three of those leads where you had them on edge and they just weren't ready to sell. Don't back out yet. You're, you might be $1,500 in. But that next hundred dollars could produce that big time deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Know your numbers. Chad, do you work with, just curious, do you work with investors who do creative financing? Not really. Not too much. A lot of our guys are buy and hold. Buy, I would say, let me take it back. About 30% of our guys are strictly buy and hold. I want to say about 60% of our guys do it all. They buy and hold. They have realtors on the team. They flip and they wholesale. Okay. That is. And then there is like that 10% in there that do land, that do multifamily units and different investing like that. But we don't talk a lot around like the lending strategies. Like me and Brian, for instance, I can talk towards like what we do and how we refinance properties and like right. how eye-opening to me when I first got into real estate. But we don't talk that much around that with our clients. Absolutely. And the reason I asked is because my audience knows that I, I'm a creative financing. Like that's how I buy a lot of my deals with no and low money down and you know, the way that I stumbled upon this niche was because I was wholesaling. I did a, a ton of wholesales. I was like, man, like there was a ton of people that I was talking to, like you said, closing one out of every 10 deals, actually closing one out of every 40 leads that I was talking to, like it was bad. And, you know, I equate it to just selling one shoe size whenever you're, you know, let's just say you're selling Air Forces or something, right? If you just got a size nine and I wear a size 12, you can never sell me. But, you know, obviously, you know, when you're making wholesale offers, you're you're targeting a specific type of person. They have to be in a very particular type of situation. And what I found when I was getting on the phone with these people is that I could find people who are just as motivated as, as those people who are in that particular situation, but they had a totally different situation. And because I only knew one strategy, I only knew how to wholesale, I only knew that formula, I could never help all these other people who were super motivated, who want to sell me their house. So I had to learn creative finance. I had to learn creative ways to do deals with people who didn't necessarily fit the wholesale mode. And that's when my close rate went from one out of every four to one out of every 30, one out of every 20, one out of every 15. Now it's just like, hey, I just need to get on the phone with the seller. And regardless of what their situation is, whether they're upside down, I mean, they could owe 210 and their property's ARV is $200,000. Most investors are like, what are you talking about, Dre? That's crazy. I can never do a deal that way. But because of my creative financing strategies, I'm able to do those types of deals and I'm able to close more deals with the same amount of volume. So again, I'm just thinking about having leads from Facebook and whatever the standard number is and thinking like, man, if creative investors got a hold of this, we could probably blow the standard pass out of the water because of how we're able to do more deals with more uh, motivated sellers. Does that make sense? Makes a ton of sense, man. It makes me think of a client that we have in Oregon where I don't think about it as creative, but I guess it is where he literally... Fine. He doesn't care if the property, if they want to list the property on the market, he'll come in and even say to them like, Hey guys, like I'll put $30,000 into this property with you or 10, $20,000, but we'll be able to list it for a hundred thousand dollars more than you were going to list it for. Cause I'm going to fix up X, Y, and Z. 
And that's like primarily his strategy. And I didn't even know people did that until uh, until he came on board. I I come from the background of, I was fortunate enough that I had those successful businesses that I was able to buy my first deal with cash. But when Brian told me, it was like, we're going to go buy this next property. I'm like, okay, well, do I have to come out? Do I have to come up with another $100,000 to do this? He's like, no, no, we're going to refi out. I'm like, what what do you mean? Like, like you're telling me I'm going to get all that money back that we just put into the property? He's like, this is, this is nuts, man. This is a whole new world for me. Yeah. It gets crazy. And that's why I'm saying like, like for those of us who do creative financing, like, I'm just like, this is something and we're going to talk about how you work with investors here shortly. But again, just using a, a very different example, most of my deals are in that 300,000, $400,000 range. I got a deal right now that he owes 390 on the property. He's been trying to sell the property on the market for 410 with the realtor. Now, Mind you, you sell the property with a realtor on the market to a buyer who's going to ask for buyer concessions and you have closing costs. You're already paying 20, 30 grand in realtor fees. You got another few grand in closing costs and you got those buyer concessions. Like he will actually show up to the closing table having to pay money because he's selling his property at 410 and he owes 390. You would think there's a $20,000 spread in there, but he's actually going to have to come out of his pocket 10, 15 grand. A lot of sellers are in this position. A lot of sellers. Now, when wholesalers call his phone, he just hangs up on them. Because wholesaler is going to offer him $200,000 for his property. Yeah. His property is worth almost a half a million dollars. Why are you offering me $200,000? I was that person trying to fit a size nine with a size 12. And again, I would pass up on him and his deal because there's nothing I can do. Like, I mean, I only know this formula. I mean, sorry, guy. And again, he would go off and he would either get foreclosed on or whatever the case may be. He would try to rent his property. It'd be a disaster. I get so many leads like that every single day with him in particular. The house is beautiful. It's a four-story townhouse. It's immaculate but he's just in a very bad position. All I have to do is now buy this property with just contracts. We call it subject to the existing mortgage. Buy this property at 390, which is what we do. We just got this property under contract at 390, no money out of my pocket. Now I'm gonna flip and sell this property to somebody who's gonna pay 420, 425, 430 for this property, right? So I'm not here to talk about my strategy, but I'm here to say that there's so many more ways that we help sellers. And if I can get in front of, just thinking about from a creative aspect, if I can get in front of the leads that normal wholesalers get in front of, my close rate is always going to be higher because I can wholesale, but I can also figure out the problems of every other seller on, and their leads who, who they can't wholesale. So this is like a ding, ding, ding moment for investors who are doing creative financing and, they're like, and their close rates are higher. They're able to get into, and this is, this is kind of where the opening comes, Chad. How are you, what's your process? for having investors work with you guys. Like, again, you said that you're giving away your leads to wholesalers. How do these wholesalers find you? How do you guys create an agreement and a partnership? What's going on? So personally, the wholesaler that we work with here in Pittsburgh, we just met through a Facebook group. Literally just, just I think we posted a property and at one point we needed to get rid of. And he contacted us and he ended up being a really cool dude. People in the past, like we had like two people burn us where we were giving them leads to and they said that they would uh, give us a percent of the wholesale and then like we want to hear from them. And then we would see that like they post and they close this deal. But Joe, the, the guy that we ended up working with was always been a straight shooter. Like we thought that lead in September was dead and he contacted us out of nowhere and said in January, the deal closed. Like we didn't even like just haven't heard from him in a month. And he's like, okay. So we actually met him directly through the Facebook, uh, Facebook real estate group. Our guys just being lead gen, doing what I, uh, digital marketing. I mean, we market across Facebook, LinkedIn, Google, Twitter, do it all to drive, to get awareness in front of investors and wholesalers. Based on what you're saying, like I'm looking at your website now and the biggest button I see there is claim your area, right? So again, just break down for me how you're building out this business. You got investors that you're working with, they claim an area. You guys, you know, have a partnership and now all the leads that you get in that area, you send to them. Is that kind of how you're doing this? So actually it's a done for you solution for most of Mm. our clients when they come to us and they're like- So they're clients, not partnerships. Yeah. Majority of them are clients. We have a few partnerships in there, but the main majority, 95% are clients, some that have been with us for so long. We turn into, we'll start to do JVs with uh, joint ventures with and everything like that. So Um, before you go on at the client stage, they're not necessarily looking to share deals with you. You're just providing leads for them and they'll close it on their own. And you already made your money from the client, from them becoming a client. Boom. But if you know the partner, the client service relationship, you guys build and foster more then it becomes, Hey, let's do a partnership and let's see if we can split the profits. What benefit do they have from switching from the client model to the partnership model? So if they have the opportunity to open up more areas and everything, we will come in and then you will charge them more for an area. So like, they're like, okay, like 
we're like, we'll do this. And they're like, oh, well, I got this locked down here in, in, in Houston or whatever it may be. But I can open up this area, this area, and this area if I can get leads. And I'm in, like to open up each area. Usually when a client comes on board, we charge them about a $1,500 retainer and ask them to do a $1,500 ad spend as well. And then they scale up in the larger $1,500 a month. And you guys take care of everything. Everything. Okay. And so then- Chad, real quick, let's start from the beginning. Cause you and I, we talk super deep because we both know what we're talking about. And I feel like our listeners, my listeners are like, I don't no, get it. <laughs> I, I, I a little bit too. I'm like, Oh, yeah. we are like super deep and technical about everything. Yeah. So high, super high level. I'm a wholesaler. I need more leads, Chad. Help me. I go to your website. It says claim my area. I want to claim my area. Chad, I sign up to become a client. I pay you $1,500. I give you my first $1,500. I put my $1,500 in escrow for ad spend. And you just run my ads for me. You give me these leads somehow through email. And now me and my team, we take care of this. Is, if that's totally wrong, start from the beginning, please. Yeah. No. So, so I come from the large agency background where we used to charge people $10,000, $30,000 to, to run campaigns. And the whole theory around this was that wanted to get out of that life, super stressful. And Brian comes from that life too. And then we started getting heavily into real estate investing. I started going to real estate investor meetups and everything, meeting other people. And we we're like, we love these guys. We love to work with them, but a lot of them don't have a solution. Anyone that's given them a solution right now is kind of taking a little bit of advantage of them. And we know in, in agency life, we look at the lifetime value of a customer. We're not looking to make money off you guys in the first month or the second month. That's not how you make money in agency life. You, you make money by keeping these people for a year, two years, everything, building that relationship, having them as your go-to marketing partner. So when somebody comes to our website and signs up, we actually do everything for them. Like there's people that don't even have a logo. There's people that don't even have a domain, don't even have a website. We, we say, sign up, go buy a domain on GoDaddy, whether that's California homebuyers, Georgia community home buyers, whatever it may be, we'll build you, we'll make three logo variations for you. You pick what one you like, tell us what colors you like. We'll build out the whole entire website for you, the landing page, all of that. We build all the ads underneath your brand that, that you're, you're getting created. And then we run these ads to this website that you now own. And as they come in, they go directly to your email and text message and it's on you to call. So it's literally a done for you solution. And we want that route just because like a lot of people don't understand Facebook, even setting up pages, ad accounts, never thought about logos or or building that their own brand. But when you're marketing within specific local areas, that own brand has a lot of leverage. When people start to see it a lot, when they start to see you around, around their area on Facebook feed and everything, that builds a lot of credibility, which makes us look better that, Hey, like, cause you're going to get more leads off of that credibility. And it's going to make us look better from a standpoint that we're going to drive more leads for you. So that's the best solution for you. And it works both ways. So we do invest a lot up front and we lose a lot on a client up front, but we have clients that stay with us for a long time and it makes a lot of sense for them. So it's literally marketing in a box, pretty much done for you. And then once a client taps out Facebook or if you push down too much, they can't get any more leads from Facebook. We open up pay-per-click or we do SEO or a client comes to us and they're doing Facebook and they're happy with it and they want to do pay-per-click. We do, we start them there. So it's, it's literally a done for you solution. The ideal person that this is for is somebody who has at least their backend set up, right? They have their acquisition manager, they're doing acquisitions themselves. They're able to have an assistant or somebody um, actually, you know, get these leads to actually the appointment phase. And then they're able to close on these deals. It's, it's not for somebody who's just now, who, because I know a lot of new investors are like, oh my goodness, I can get all these leads and all this stuff set up. Let me go ahead and do it and not be able to close any deals because they didn't have everything else set up. So this is actually for somebody who actually has the backend, would you say set up? Yeah. So you have to at least have a few deals on your belt, but once you get a few deals on your belt, this is can amplify your business to the next level. Like literally just had a 24 year old from Canada sign up and the real estate market up there is pretty similar. And I'm talking with this, with this kid and he said he did 14 deals in the last eight months. And I'm like, how did you do it? You're 24 years old and you just got into this. How did you do? He's like, man, I've just been cold calling. I've been hitting on Facebook groups and I've been cold calling nonstop. And he built this, he built all this cash up. And now he came to us and now he doesn't have to do all that grind of cold calling and everything because now he's getting these leads brought to him. So now he's able to focus on other aspects of the business. Yeah. So just from like putting in those extra hours up front, it all paid off for him. 
I love that. Absolutely. I was just, uh, the last uh, interview I just did with, uh, you might've saw the guy at the very end, but he started a Filipino virtual assistant, like kind of like a agency and he provides virtual assistance for a lot of real estate investors. And, you know, we're just talking about the, the return on your time when you're able to, you know, just automate and delegate a lot of different things. And, you know, going back to the story, you're telling me about this Canadian, it's just interesting because, you know, most people when they start out and it makes sense because you need the experience, you need to know what to do, but most people, when they start out, I mean, I did it right. I was cold calling myself. I was texting and I was doing all the marketing myself. And, you know, as you know, if you're cold calling for an hour, you may get one lead, maybe two leads, three leads max, right? That entire hour. And that's one hour of your day's worth of work gone. And again, it, you may benefit from those leads, sure. But if you're closing one out of every 25 leads, there's a whole lot of more, you know, calls that you're just going to have to sit on. Whereas once you put a virtual assistant in place, and this is what changed my business. And, you know, that the guy that I just interviewed as well, it was just like, now that one hour that I spend on the phone is not hoping for a lead that one hour or two leads. But now my virtual assistant has already taken care of qualifying and getting all my leads to now my one hour spent on the phone is actually talking to lead after lead after lead after lead after lead, talking to eight to 10 leads in that hour. My time spent is now closing deals, right? So I'm now not doing five and $10 per hour tasks, but I'm doing those you know, multi-thousand dollar per hour tasks because these are potential deals every single time I get on the phone. Same thing with when you're running ads and you guys are sending the leads to people. It's just like the leads are already here. My hour working these leads is super, super cost effective. It's super time beneficial. But before you get there, people don't see that. People just see the amount of money they have to spend to get to that point, right? Whereas I don't see the amount of money I have to spend. I really just see how much money and time I'm really saving by already having the leads being brought to me. So I, I just love that. I don't know if you have anything to say on that. And it all comes down to like basic math again at the end of the day, like these deals, these leads, it's basic math. Like this is like, what can I make per day, per hour versus right. what I pay, for, pay somebody? Their daily rate minus mine. Does that make sense? If you start doing this, it's going to make a lot of sense for you. When you talk about, just, I mean, what you can make versus them. And, you know, I just the first thing I popped in my head is like, man, like this is a lifestyle design podcast through real estate. And we're obviously talking about virtual assistants because they help with lifestyle design. We're talking about utilizing a service like yours because it helps with lifestyle design. But Chad, what's your lifestyle design? Like what is your ideal day? How many hours are you working in? Are you ultimately going after the goals that really excite you? Yeah. So like I do, my ideal day is like, I love working from home. I'm a, I, I hate to say it, but like it's my office. I live here. And I love work. Like I always like to stay busy. Uh, I do love to have time for my children. I always make time for dinner and, and in the morning before work and things like that. But ideally, like I, I'm always trying to be better. Like no matter what I do, no matter what instance I bring in, even if I hire, like we just hired a sales manager, for instance, like I hired a sales manager to help the sales team a lot. But at the same time, like I'm going to learn from him. I'm the business owner, but I'm going to learn so much from him. So like, I love being in an environment where I'm always learning and always building. I built a big startup in the past um, and it was like a go, go, go mentality. And I, and I realized from getting into that, like, that was what I like, that high stress environment. That's just where I thrive, but that's also where I learn the most. Absolutely. So that's, so, so, so yeah, my ideal day. I mean, I love to have time to work out. I love to have time with the family, but we are working 10, 12 hours a day. Continue that pace. Cause I figure I do it while I'm young, going to be able to retire when I'm older, so. So in the digital marketing space and the Facebook ad space and SEO and pay-per-click, all that, I mean, what, and normally people ask you about good advice, but what bad advice have you heard over the past, maybe five years that you're in your space and you, every time you hear, you just kind of cringe. What bad advice have you heard that you just kind of want to help debunk for our listeners here today? So I would say quality where it's like, Hey, you can hire whoever to do your Facebook ad and you can hire whoever to do your SEO. Like there's 29 SEO, there's like $29 a month SEO services out there. There's like hundred dollar person per month that run your ads. That's not where it's at. I mean, if me as an ad buyer, if an ad buyer knows how to run ads properly, never would they work for hundred dollars an hour. I can go on Upwork right now and charge five hundred dollars an hour for my time, and you can go up there and hire somebody that charges twenty dollars an hour. But they're going to disapprove your ad account, everything, your micromanagement of that person is going to be insane. Where somebody can hire me and not hear from me and just see leads coming in the door. And granted, that's not the style that I work in where like, Hey, like I'm always having that communication. I like to build those relationships with my clients, but a lot of people, when they get into digital marketing, they think they can hire $29 SEO and send all these fake links to their website that is ultimately going to hurt their rankings and break their site. It's essentially, it could happen. You pay for what you get. And it's true in every industry, 
but especially, especially this industry created a whole business marketer hire around that concept of just like, Hey, you can hire the top 1% of marketers and get a lot of stuff done, or you can hire very low end marketers and have to micromanage and, and waste a lot of your time and not get a lot done. So with that advice, which I think is very sound advice, how can you still take it one step further and vet properly the people or the person or the company or service that you're hiring to do those jobs? So with us, for example, we're very transparent. We have our straight shooters, transparent about everything we do. Uh, what we found in this industry, a lot of people will like even own, they'll want to own your ad account. They'll want to own your website, or they'll just want you to buy leads off of them. And what you can do and go that route, but that, those are some of the questions you can ask. Like, do I own this asset that you're creating? Do I own this? How, if things don't work out, how do you guys part ways? And we're very transparent about that. Like we have a three month contract, but there's a lot of people that like get stressed out after one month. And they're just like, Hey, this, I thought this was for me. I, was, I had all this energy. I wanted to get into this. And we're like, man, we completely understand. Like uh, we're big on reputation. So go ahead and w- walk away and, and we'll cut ties. We understand like, we don't want to put you in a financial situation where you're not comfortable with, where you're just putting stress on us. When you have a lot of, when you have people in this, in this space that are really like just trying to shoot for us just building on dollars. Like their whole business is just built on the back end of dollars and not reputation. You can sense that you can feel that. I would always ask like, if this does not work out, what happens? And some agencies will tell you like you owe us six months or you owe us a year contract because that's what you're signing. Or you got to pay us three months up front and then you can leave at any time. Like, of course, yeah, you can pay us three months up front and leave at any time. But like, we've literally had people that, and the only reason we, we used to do month to month to month, and we asked for three months up front, and we're super transparent about this because we had a lot of people that just take our stuff and go and just go by themselves and go, go run it themselves because they see what we set up and what we did. And that's why we implement three months because there are large companies that come on, large investors that come on with us, see what we do, and then just leave. And at that point, we're like, guys, we know how many deals you're doing a month. Like you're crushing it and you're just taking our stuff and leaving. But doesn't that kind of just kind of remind you of like, just like the whole Silicon Valley mentality where like you're going to pitch your ideas to angel investors and or your company to angel investors. And they, they come in and they hear and they see your business plan and your business or your business model rather. And then instead of actually buying your company or giving you funding, they go and build the same exact thing like it's just what <laughs> exactly man exactly and like we say like we me and brian come from like we grinded to get to where we're at we, we both came from just middle class married like both of our parents worked our entire lives and, and we always had to figure out how to make our own money and so we're we're straight we're straight shooters with these investors and i really like we know you're taking our stuff and you're doing this but go ahead at the end of the day if you are the bigger person we will true believe that it's always going to work out in your favor but you, you, it does, it does kill you because you know you have that feeling of like that Silicon Valley feeling where people Absolutely. just take your and run. It makes me like, man, let me just create an a la carte version of my product just to make sure that hey, if you this is actually what you want, we'll set this up for you. This is our one time fee, and everybody's happy. We've thought about that so many times. So we're yeah. doing like a pay per lead model where like literally you can sign up with a thousand dollar deposit and just buy leads as they come in in your area for a hundred to one hundred fifty dollars. Just because a lot of people ask for that, that's like two weeks away. I like but, it. But that's, a, well, that's one of the reasons and one of the drivers behind it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Man, Chad, this has been so informational, so informative. We may have to bring you back on so we could kind of reverse and talk about the basics, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it was super, super fun. I learned a lot. This episode is brought to you by the 90X Journal. It is a little known fact that you are 42% more likely to achieve your goals when you write them down consistently. In fact, Forbes describes this as one of the most potent ways to achieve your goals. I actually tried a few of those iPhone journaling apps, but it wasn't the same for me. For some reason, I needed something more visceral, something more concrete. And you can call me old school, or you can look at it as a form of brain hacking. But a physical journal has been key to the consistent achievement of my quarterly goals. The thing, though, about physical journals is that they aren't all made the same. And I ran through just as many different types of journals as I did apps, and none of them checked the boxes. Personally, I needed something that would help me create a step-by-step plan to achieve any goal in 90 days. I needed something that would help me decide on these goals, decipher the most important ones, time block, and then prioritize. And that's when I found the 90X journal. The only journal that not only has a sleek look that demands compliments, but it's not just arm candy. From a vision board, 
an income tracker to a 90-day calendar assistant to habit trackers and affirmations. This journal does it all. And for the BTM tribe, I was able to snag you a sweet discount to try your first one or restock for next quarter. Visit beforethemillions.com forward slash 90x and enter code millions15 at checkout. That's beforethemillions.com forward slash 90x and enter the code millions15 with the numbers written out 15 at checkout. Now, since I've started doing these two things, rewriting my goals every single day and using the journal's built-in water consumption tracker, I've had a clear mind and clear skin, LOL. Again, visit beforethemillions.com forward slash 90X and enter code millions15 at checkout for 15% off of your entire order. Lifestyle design acceleration hacks. What is your favorite Before the Millions book? How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. One of the best books just from like a selling mindset standpoint that you like ever read. Absolutely. Love it. Love it. Love it. Definitely a good recommendation. And that book will be in the show notes, ladies and gentlemen. What is your favorite lifestyle design app? This can be a business app or tool. I probably couldn't live without and run my teams without Slack. <laughs> if you don't use oh, I Slack, do. I highly recommend it. Have you heard of this app called, I'm sure you have, it's called Advert Suite. I have not heard you have not i think it's called advert suite i have like a, a lifetime membership let me make sure it's called advert suite it, when i first when i first found it i was like this is the coolest thing ever i haven't used it in a while um but basically what it does is it's basically like a silver platter for anybody doing ads it shows you all ads ever ran from anybody's account from all time like it's insane <laughs> yeah i think i paid for like a, a one-time like entire membership for like for life so i always have access to it but i don't use it a whole lot these days but man if that's uh i just thought about it because we're doing a facebook ads episode but if ever there was an app that i've just seen that was so powerful in the space it's probably that app advert suite i'm gonna check that one out check this one out too um so i use facebook ads library now that with that the, like sharing data and everything became public you yeah. can literally search any page no matter what and see all the ads in with their spending Right. Oh my goodness. So like when like the campaigns of like when like presidents are like going for election, you can see like what, what Trump and Biden were spending per day and like wow. they're spending like three million dollars a day at one point. I and love like, it. It's crazy. But it's I, cool to check out. I, I hear you on that. I, I'll check this one out too. Yeah, for sure. And I'll drop this in the show notes if you don't mind. This is absolutely this is amazing. Yeah, yeah this, this is this is made that public like yeah. not too it's like a I think the start of this year or something. I don't know. Oh, yes, I love stuff. I geek out on stuff like this. <laughs> I just, just got to start scrolling. Yeah, and it's, it's super interesting. So I love it. Okay, next question. Man, I totally got sidetracked there. As soon as you, you said your, your app, I was like, oh, there's this one app. All right, next question. Uh, what do you enjoy most about the way your lifestyle is currently designed? Um, That I have like the freedom to do what I want and can take a break if I need to take a break, spend time with my kids, go on vacation whenever I want. I'm very grateful for that because I've always strived to be there and finally got there. But that is something that I love. Absolutely. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? Um, so I don't know who said it, but I listen. I used to listen when I was first getting started to John Lee Dumas a lot. And he used to always say that you're the average of the five people that you hang out the most with. So cutting those people out of your life and cutting those opinions, because sometimes you don't got to cut those people out. Like even like my parents, I hate to say it, but like the opinions, them talking about media news, I don't watch any of that. I don't follow any of that. So like, I can't take in those opinions or have conversation around that. And it might come off the wrong way sometimes, but they get it now. And then those people that you hang around with too, it's just, you are truly who you hang around with. I love that. Yes. And John Lee Dumas is a friend of the show. He was on episode 172 of the Before the Means podcast. Awesome. Awesome guy. Next question. What were the sacrifices that you knew you had to make before the millions to get to where you are today? You have to put those long hours in. I mean, you, the hard work does pay off. Like they always say work smarter, not harder, which I get. There is a point when you're talking about saving time, hiring people where you work smarter. But in the beginning, I mean, going out, drinking, all that, friends, like you got to give up that entire life. You can't do it. One day can put you so far behind. And yeah, I always just think about it in my mind, like I'm wasting this day with like Steve Jobs or like Gates or Buffett. Would they be wasting a day right now if they'd be doing this? Like I just think in that manner of, of just keep striving to, to be better. Who was essential to your growth 
before the millions and why? Probably my fiance right now. She found me at a deep state when I was like kind of going through like a depression, lost a lot when I was younger, kind of starting over. And she was the one that was like, you can do this. You did this in the past, keep pushing. Like you failed at this, but keep pushing, keep going. So she's been a big support in my life. From that, from a mental aspect, from a business aspect, uh, Phil, who I talked about, who I met at that, just from going to random lunches, random startup events, sat down next to. And he's been a big part and a great friend in my life since. I love it, I love it, I love it. Last but not least, why do you think so many of us are stuck before the millions, even though we have every intention of getting to the millions? You're just scared and too used to like what's routine. Too afraid to step out of that, that comfort zone. Whereas like when you're the most uncomfortable is when you're growing the most. So like you've got to throw yourself into drastic situations. I have a friend that just quit a $150,000 a year job. And she was just like, I'm sick of working with somebody else. I need to figure this out. And I know she's going to figure it out. If you have that mindset and you're like, hey, that my back's against the wall and this is what I got to figure out you're going to figure it out but you've got to get in that uncomfortable mindset and you got to live in there for a year or so i'm still uncomfortable at times in business but i love it because i know that at the end of the day when i sit back i'm like i learned this today or i learned that love it i love it i love it man mr keller you have been an amazing guest on the show thank you so much for coming on we've learned a whole lot about your journey you've been an inspiration not only that but we've learned a whole lot about facebook ads i mean Ooh, that wasn't as high level as I wanted it to be, but it was really, really informative, really fascinating. And we definitely got to run it back one more time, at least. If the listeners want to learn a little bit more about you, say hi to you, maybe even ask you a question or two, where can they find some of your information? Um, you can check me out on LinkedIn. I'm always checking LinkedIn, but also go to uh, motivated-leads.com. That's our agency website. And uh, me and Brian still talk with every client. We still get take a lot of the sales calls, everything. If you contact and say you want to talk to one of us, will definitely be available for you. I love it. And you guys don't have it. You guys aren't doing any affiliate partnerships yet, are you? Uh, no, not yet, man. So let me know. Let me know. Let me know. <laughs> All right. So yeah, it's been a pleasure, Mr. Ke Mr. Keller. And I've had a whole lot of fun and we'll talk to you very, very soon.